Well, hello again, everyone. Uh, my name is George Davis, and I am glad you're joining us for this service. As a follow-up to the announcement Evie and Omar just made, if, if you're like me, you want to in some way express thanks to them. And here's one way you can do that. Uh, we're going to be uh, inviting you to send in cards, notes, just words of appreciation. And if you could send that into the church, we're going to gather all of those cards and notes. And if you could get that to us by September 20th, 20th we, we hope to give all of these to them on September 27th. So I'd love for you to be a part of that as well. Now, this morning, we are starting a new series. And then as we get started, let me show you, let me show you this picture. Do you... Do you recognize that? I know some of you kind of this, this sign probably brings some unhappy memories, right? The check engine light on your car if you own a car. And my guess is most of us, if you've driven long enough at some point, this notorious sign, this notorious indicator light comes on in your car. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I don't know a lot about cars. So when this has happened to me, I kind of see, okay, is it going to go on for a while? And if it goes on for a while, it's like, oh, I've got to get this checked out. That's usually the first thing that comes through my mind. And then the next thing that comes through my mind is, and how much is this going to cost? And so uh, this is part of the reality of, of driving. Now, in reality, I think it's, it's great, particularly for those of us that don't know much about cars, it's great that our car has an indicator like, like this. But let me kind of now move in a more personal direction and ask you this question. What's the, what's the warning light in your life and mine? that something is wrong? What's, what's the warning light that we are um, really depleted, that we're drained or that we're overly stressed? What's the warning light that we aren't doing well emotionally or spiritually? I, I'm not sure there, there are easy answers to these questions, and it, it, maybe it looks differently in each of our lives, but you know, here, here are just some of the things that may be warning indicators in your life and mine. First of all, we become short with people, even maybe even the people that are close to us, people in our family, if we're part of a family, people that we work with. Um, maybe you're a parent and you, you find yourself just easily yelling at your kids and snapping at them. Maybe, maybe we withdraw. <laughs> maybe over time, we're constantly kind of just mindlessly scrolling through our stuff on our phone, our social media feed, stuff online. Maybe we're really just binge-watching binge a lot of Netflix or spending too much time with our comfort food. Maybe, maybe we're more critical than usual. Maybe we're just sensing a kind of a cloud of bitterness that's settling in over us emotionally. Maybe we just become more numb to life. Or maybe we are constantly kind of moving into unhealthy escape mechanisms or unhealthy patterns of escape. These are all just some of the indicators, I think, that can go on in our lives that something is wrong. An indicator that, that we're drained, that we're stressed, that we're depleted, that we are simply run down. And let me tell you, if, if that's where you're at right now, I assure you, you are not alone. Just based on the conversations I've been having with people over the last few days, I think that many of us, in some ways, this is, this is where we're at. This is, this is how we feel. Well, today we're, we're starting a new series. The series is entitled Renew. And over the next five weeks, we are going to spend time in the book of Psalms and 
we're not only going to do this during our services, I'm actually going to invite you to kind of engage the Psalms during the week. I'll, I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Now, as, as we spend time in the Psalms in different ways, the Psalms really invite us, equip us, challenge us to be renewed, to be refreshed, to be recharged, to be refueled. And and, and as we're going to see, these are texts that as God works through the pages of Scripture, these are texts that really can, they can renew my perspective, renew my soul, renew my peace, renew my courage, renew my sense of mission. That's what we're going to see over the next few weeks. And, and I just want, I want to invite you to join me on this journey. I really do believe that in the midst of all we're going through, these next few weeks can actually be a season of renewal for you and me if we, if we engage it well. I realize, you know, summer's kind of starting to come to an end, and for many of us, our schedules will change as we go into fall. Some of you are getting ready for kids to go back to school, yet this is going to be a different fall. There there are lots of open-ended questions, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of things we're still having to adjust to, and so probably now is, is a great time to experience the renewal that can come through the book of Psalms. Now, as as we begin this morning, we're going to begin by looking at Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. So if you've got a Bible, I would encourage you to uh, join me in turning there. In in many ways, the book of Psalms, is it's it's a psalm book. It's a book of songs. It's a book of prayers. And this, this is how the book begins. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinner's are sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Now, notice how, this, how, notice how the book begins. Notice how this collection of prayers, of songs begins. It begins with this idea of blessed. I realize, you know what, that, that's not really a term you and I use on a regular basis. Uh, but as you think about this term, it, it means that the book of Psalms really opens with an invitation to flourishing to thriving. And I think that includes an invitation to be renewed, to be restored. In the Bible, there are actually two sets of terms in the Old and New Testaments that can be used to translate the the idea of blessing or blessed. One of these sets of terms really focuses on instances of divine blessing, where, where God blesses a particular person at a particular point in time. The other set of terms is, is maybe more general in nature. It, it talks about human flourishing and human thriving. And this is the set of terms that Jesus, for instance, uses in the Sermon on the Mount when he starts with the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And likewise, this is the set of terms that is used here as the book of Psalms begins. It, it, it's it's a, a term that really more broadly describes human flourishing, thriving, living well. And in a real sense, the author is saying, look, as we, as we begin this journey through this book together, I'm inviting you to a way of life that includes flourishing, that you can truly flourish as you were designed in relationship with God, and that lifestyle is available to you. And I'm going to show you what it looks like. That's the invitation of this psalm. So as we're going to see, uh, this flourishing, this renewal begins by renewing our mindset, by renewing our perspective, by renewing our outlook on life. And that kind of renewal is 
foundationally grounded in, in encountering God, experiencing God in the pages of his word, in the pages of scripture. And that's how this psalm begins. And we'll unpack that a little bit more in a moment. Now, I think at this point, it's helpful to understand that Psalm 1 and 2, these two opening psalms, I believe really serve as an introduction to the book as a whole. They, they kind of give us guidance on how we're to read and encounter the rest of the book of Psalms. And uh, there are certain lexical links between the two, and when you study them, I think this becomes clear. And so what we see in these opening two psalms is, on the one hand, we're given, we're given this invitation to flourish, to have our perspective renewed, to a life lived well. But in addition to that, we, we're told about a potential complication. We're, we're given an invitation, an invitation to flourish by meditating on God's word, but then we're told this will always be complicated. Because there are always going to be distractions in our environment. There are always going to be other ways to approach life. So there's an invitation, but there's also the reality of a complication. And here's the complication. (laughs) In a simple phrase, the complication is the desire for self-rule. I think this becomes uh, even more clear as we move into the second psalm. The second psalm begins this way. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Now, this is is a psalm that's described as a royal psalm. It's, It's written from the perspective of the king of Israel. And it, it, it describes opposition to his rule, right? People saying, let's throw off his chains, throw off his shackles. That's really a talking about rejecting the king's leadership, rejecting his authority. Why do people do that? That's the question that opens this psalm. Now, at this point, you might say, well, yeah, but George, haven't you read the history of Israel and its kings? I mean, even the greatest king, King David, uh, has his issues. So it's understandable sometimes why people would reject the authority of the king. And all of that is true. Yet by the time we get to the New Testament, it becomes clear that that ultimately this psalm was actually anticipating something deeper, something more profound. Ultimately, this psalm was anticipating the reign of the ultimate and final king. The reign of Jesus, the reign of the one who comes bringing the kingdom of God. And so for us as followers of Christ, it's a psalm that that really prepares us to understand that even though Christ's kingdom has already been established, even though his reign is already at work, there are going to be people who reject it, people who choose to organize their lives differently around other priorities and other perspectives. We see this, for instance, even in the opening story of the early church. In in Acts chapter 4, right, it's this moment. Jesus has already been raised from the dead. He's already ascended. His kingdom is already present. He's already reigning and ruling. And yet these early followers of Christ are experiencing persecution and they, they gather together. And as they are praying, what do they quote? They actually quote this part of Psalm 2. It's their recognition that even though Christ's reign is already here, they're There are always going to be other people who choose not to follow it, who choose to organize their lives differently and choose to reject his rule and his reign, who choose to define life on their own. 
So these two Psalms, they, they begin with an invitation, an invitation for, for our perspective to be renewed as we meditate on, on God's word. But there's also this complication. The complication, there are always going to be other approaches to life at work. You'll always have other options, other ways to prioritize your life. So the question then becomes this. Why then take this invitation seriously? If there always be other ways to do life, always other priorities that I can pursue, why should I take this invitation seriously? It's a great question. And I, I think these opening psalms give us two significant reasons. First of all, we need to take this invitation seriously about pursuing God and engaging God in his word. We need to take it seriously because it's protective. Notice again, right? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. The author is telling us that as you approach life, there there are always going to be other ways to organize your life. There are always going to be other thoughts, beliefs, commitments that you can use uh, to shape your life. But the argument of these opening psalms is ultimately those beliefs will move you in a wrong direction if they are moving you away from God. And I think, you know, interestingly, I think the psalmist is implying there is, there's a progression here, right? Notice the progression of the verbs that from, from walking to standing to sitting. And it's almost like he's acknowledging, you know, in the world in which we live, you're going to be bombarded with all kinds of ideas about how to shape your life, how to make life work. You're going to receive all kinds of inputs. But be warned, because if over time you, you allow the, those inputs to take root, it's, not, it's like you're not simply walking around them. You're now, you're now standing, and you're allowing those inputs to, to take root. And then over time, they just they become who you are, and they, they shape your outlook. They shape your behavior, and ultimately, they shape your character. For instance, you know, maybe, maybe just in the people in my life, there, there are certain people that are always you're really just sarcastic about life, sarcastic about things going on in culture. And I'm, you know, I'm always you know, just exposed to that in conversation, and that's just part of kind of walking around in, in my sphere of influence. But if I'm not careful, I can allow those kinds of ideas, that, that perspective to begin to sit with me. And over time, it, it will shape who I am and shape my approach to life. And, and the author says that that's moving me in an unhealthy direction. So really, the psalmist is saying, look, blessed is the one who doesn't allow the negative inputs in your life to take root. Blessed is the one who doesn't get caught in this progression of kind of being exposed to certain thoughts and beliefs, but then allowing those things to to come into my life and take root in such a way that they move me in an unhealthy direction. That's that's a warning of, of this psalm. Because the truth is, as I'm exposed to other approaches to life over time, it's it's easy for those to become ingrained. It's easy for those to shape my outlook. It's easy then for them to shape and influence my behavior and how I engage other people. 
And ultimately, both of these psalms say if the idea say if the, the ideas in your life, the beliefs in your life, if they are moving you away from God, they're moving you in steps that are ultimately futile. The author says that this, this kind of life, you, you will become like the chaff the wind blows away. And interestingly, um, these two psalms actually portray a very stark contrast for us, and they do it through the use of one simple word. In, in chapter one, the author talks about right, meditating on God's word and, and, and being shaped in, in that relationship by his word. In chapter two, the author talks about those who plot against the king, ultimately, who are now plotting against the gospel, who choose to go life on their own. And the interesting thing is, it's actually the same word. In chapter one, it's used in a positive way. In chapter two, it's used in a negative way. And so the author is saying, look, in, in some sense, your, your mind is, is buying into certain ideas and beliefs. And over time, that is shaping you and who you are. So this book opens with an invitation to flourishing, to renewal. The author says this starts by renewing your perspective as you engage God's truth and engage him in his word and allowing that to influence your thoughts and to shape your, your beliefs and your actions, how you engage other people, how you approach your responsibilities, and to, to ultimately shape you over time. So he says this is, this is a choice. You can, your, your thoughts can move you in, in a direction where you're being shaped in your relationship with God, or your thoughts can move you in a direction where you're simply doing life on your own. But ultimately, that will lead to futility. And so this comparison is showing us, I think, an important principle, which is this. Whatever shapes your thinking, shapes your life. Whatever shapes your thinking, shapes your life. And you need to understand that because so often it feels like, well, my life is just being governed by outside circumstances, right? Right now, my life is just being governed by all the realities of COVID-19 and the implications of that. But that's not true. My life isn't simply shaped from the outside in. It's shaped from the inside out and the the thoughts, the beliefs, the attitudes at work and those thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes that I allow to take root. So the author is saying, look, I want you to pursue God and his word because it will protect you. It will protect you from a life that ultimately leads you in a futile direction. But not only will it protect you, it will also be productive in you. Right? There's a productive dimension to this life that the, the psalmist is describing, this life of meditating on God's word and engaging him in his word. Notice once again, this person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. As you think about what the author is describing here, I think um, as he envisions this tree kind of on on the banks of a stream, there's there's a stability that comes from the rootedness that this tree has. Yes, the tree's going to have to experience, you know, not only the rainy season, but the dry season, at times different harsh conditions, but there'll be a stability that comes through that. Furthermore, as this person is, is rooted in this relationship with God and meditates on his word, there's a fruitfulness that comes through that. And ultimately, the fruitfulness being described here is the 
I think, the fruitfulness of character. That as we pursue the lifestyle that the author describes, it, it's going to produce a depth in you, a depth in me, a depth of character, a depth of character that will ultimately influence our relationships and, and our approach to life in general. So this is, this is the invitation that opens, opens the book of Psalms. It's an invitation to, to thrive, to flourish, to be renewed by having our perspective renewed, our outlook removed, renewed. And that, that comes as we engage God in his word. So, so very quickly, what does this look like, right? Well, once again, go back to the opening part of the, of the psalm. Right, the author talks about the person who meditates on God's law day and night. Now, I realize that, that term meditate and the idea of meditation, that can generate all sorts of kind of weird ideas and, and different imagery in your mind. But, but here's the, maybe one of my uh, most helpful definitions of, of meditation that, that I've come across, and that's from Tim Keller who writes, well, to meditate is to ask yourself questions about the truth. Right To meditate is to kind of engage God in his word, and as you're working through scripture, reading different parts of scripture, just to ask certain questions. Um, so, you know, here's some, I'll just mention a couple of questions that, that I find helpful in reading scripture. You know, as I go through a part of, of scripture to, to ask, okay, so what is this telling me about God? What is it telling me about myself, about being human? What is it telling me about following Christ and that journey of being a disciple. What happens when I take this seriously? What happens when I don't take this seriously? Those are, those are the kinds of, of questions that I think as we engage Scripture that, that will be helpful. And as we kind of do so in an attitude of prayer, we will discover God engaging us really as we reflect on his word. Now, let me see if I can kind of help you put this into action for a moment. Let me just kind of give you three terms. Read, reflect, respond. Right? To to engage God in his word, to read parts of scripture, sections of scripture. But then after reading it, not just to put your Bible away, but then to reflect on what you're reading. Ask the kinds of questions I just asked. For instance, you know, in, in reading these opening two Psalms, okay, what does this tell me about God? One of the things it tells me really about God is God, God wants me to, to be nourished, right? He's, he, he, he has a, a vision of us flourishing. And he is the king who can actually have the authority to make that happen. So what does it, what does it tell me about us, about our human experience? Well, it does tell us you know, it gives us insight that our lives really are shaped by what we think and the, the attitudes, the inputs that come into our lives. And, and I need to take that seriously. What does it tell me about being a follower of Christ? Well, as I've already said, this, this passage points out, you know, two very different choices, two very different directions. And I need to understand, even as I seek to pursue Christ, I'm always going to have other options out there. There'll always be distractions and other ways to approach life, other ways to try and make life work. And, and I, may, I need to be aware of that. Otherwise, I may actually be distracted and moving in the wrong direction, and I'm not even attuned to that. So we, we read and, and we reflect. And just to kind of give you an example of what, 
this has looked like in my life as I've been engaging just Psalm 1 in preparation for this text. Personally, my mind's gone back to some experiences I had with my family in Israel two summers ago, thinking about visiting different places where, you know, you saw streams of water and you saw the vegetation around that. And realizing that even though these these trees, these plants were deeply rooted, they still had to go through hard seasons. They still had to endure the dry season and the arid sun that could burn down on them for days and months at a time. And as I've been thinking about that, just thinking about the experience that we're going through right now, to recognize that even those dry seasons, those hard seasons can actually be seasons where God's at work. They lead to a season of fruit bearing. And to be open to the truth that even in the midst of all that we're going through, and and, and even moments where it just feels like emotionally and spiritually the sun is beating down on, on my own life, that this can still be the season where God is at work. Because he works through the seasons as we engage him to bring about fruitfulness and flourishing. And that's just been an encouragement to me. So, so we read, we, we reflect, and then we respond. Sometimes I think part of the response is just kind of praying what we've learned back to God. So for me, just thanking him and acknowledging, okay, God, this, this can be a season in which you're at work. I want to be open to that. May I be encouraged by that, even in the really dry moments of COVID-19. Sometimes the response is, is thinking through an action step that you may encounter. Maybe it's acknowledging after reading Psalm 1, you know, that there's some negative inputs that I'm just allowing to take root in my life. You know, I'm consuming too much media, too much negativity, and I just need to make some adjustments. So this path of renewing our perspective, renewing our minds, involves the journey of engaging God in Scripture, reading, reflecting, meditating on what we're reading, and then through responding through prayer and other means. Now, as I said a moment ago, I, want, I really want to invite you to join me over the next few weeks and join me in the Psalms, and, and this can truly be a season of renewal for you and for me. And to help you do that, each week we are providing a devotional guide, and it, it kind of gives you three days of questions, three days that simply walk you through this step of reading, reflecting, and responding, in addition to those three simple uh, Days of questions. There, there's also several questions you can ask as a family, questions you can use in a small group. And my challenge to you, my invitation to you over these next few weeks is to join me each week and just spend time in the Psalms three days a week and allow, allow the pages of Scripture to be pages and words and places and moments that renew and restore you. The psalmist says, this is the invitation given to you. Even now, you can be renewed. With that in mind, would you join me in prayer? Let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we read these opening words, and there is this powerful invitation to be renewed in our perspective. And that invitation will, will come in different ways as we see throughout other psalms. And Father, I pray that now as we begin this five-week journey, that we would be open to really engaging you in in your word. 
that we would be open to the truth as we come to the end of summer, as we prepare for fall with so many questions, that this can actually be a season of renewal. Father, you want to meet us in the pages of Scripture. You want us to engage you in your word. May we be people who over the next few weeks accept that invitation. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.